calling out to the Atascacita community. It's time for your Atascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Atascacita community. Welcome to your advanced copy on this February 4th, 2022. As we get more than one foot in the door of the new year, in this episode, we'll talk about some of the lesser known resources from the library system and programs at Atascacita. But first, a short update on the construction of the library. Now, between the retention pond and the meeting room, our library expansion is making an impact on the look of our library. But don't worry, we're still offering programs and you have access to all the books, movies, and more in the library. In-person programs have returned, but space is limited. Check our online events calendar. I'll place a link in the episode information. Our online events calendar shows programs that are recommended or require registration, like our Tales for Tots storytime programs on Wednesdays and Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. And our social media will have the most recent information about access to services. As I mentioned in this episode, we're going to look at some library offerings, the deep cuts, or the lesser known resources that you have through the library at Harris County. PJ, Darla, and I took a moment to talk about some of the resources the library, and specifically Atascacita Branch, offers our community. Hello everybody, this morning I am joined by PJ and Darla, and we're going to talk about some programs that the library offers you may not know about, or you knew about them but you didn't know all about how they're offered and why they're offered. And I know, Darla, you were interested in discussing how we have access to Morningstar here. Yes, one of my favorite databases is uh, the Morningstar database that covers stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, all the kind of stuff like that. We actually have two databases. One is ValueLine and one is Morningstar. I tend to like Morningstar better because to me, just the way my brain works, I'm able to visualize things better with Morningstar. Now, there are people that are huge fans of ValueLine, and ValueLine is also, they're basically equal. I don't know how ValueLine covers mutual funds and ETFs as extensively as Morningstar does. It's one of my favorite databases. It gives you ratings. They've, they originally started off as a company that rated mutual funds. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what an ETF is, I'm talking in stock ease. It's an exchange-traded fund. And it's basically like a mutual fund, but you buy it like a stock. So I really like the fact that it does have ratings for that, just like they have their mutual funds. And that gives you in-depth analysis of each one and why they've rated it that way. It'll give you, does it pay dividends? And it's just a very easy to read, easy to access. Sometimes Value Line gets a little too dense in its stats. And if you're a really big stat person, that's good. But if you just want, like, just a quick overview of things, Morningstar, you can dig deeper into Morningstar, but Morningstar will actually just, it first hits you with all the basic stats, and then you can do a deeper dive there. Yeah, I haven't used, I haven't used either ValueLine or Morningstar in many, many years. But when I did research for the business library, we used ValueLine more, I think, just Mm -hmm. because they did those one sheets, and it was just, like like you said, it was very in tense with all the stats there. So probably Morningstar is a little more user-friendly. It is. It's really designed more for the consumer. 
Value line, I think, is more for people, people that are very, very comfortable with stocks can look at that one page and immediately visually pull all the stuff they need. But if you're new to stocks or, like I said, you just need a quick, easy overview of something, and some people just look at the ratings because, like I said, they give, you know, starred ratings. They have, when, they, when you get into mutual funds and ETFs, they have, like, gold, silver, bronze even, and it will tell you why they rate them for that. And so it's a good, quick, easy thing. And like I said, I think a lot of people get intimidated by value line. But if you, when you really get into it, it does have a lot. And it's like, like, like one page analysis, whereas Morningstar tends to be a little bit more explanation of what's going on. And they do for like the top 500 or 1,000, give you like an in-depth dive of why they rate them the way they rate them, which is kind of good because you can look and say, well, that doesn't bother me in terms of they have an excess of cash or they don't have enough cash. It gives you a background and what you're more comfortable because some people are, you know, risk aversive when it comes to stocks and stuff like that. They want something that's very safe or it will tell you what the risks are. So that's one of our business databases. We actually have several databases you have access to through the library. But databases aren't the only kind of unsung heroes that we have. And PJ, you're here today to discuss some of your favorite unsung program heroes. So one of my favorite unsung program heroes is uh, Dinner and Doc. I love that one. Um, Dinner and Doc is just for, if you're a history buff, you'll love Dinner and Doc. Basically, we present a document and you get dinner with it. It is registration because clearly you don't want to be um, buying a hundred sandwiches for only two right. people. <laughs> um, but it is through registration. And the great thing about Dinner in the Dock also is that what I've tried to do now is the Smithsonian has some really great posters that they have offered to schools and nonprofit organizations like libraries. The quality is beautiful. The pictures included are beautiful. I mean, it's the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. So what I've been trying to do is, if we have a dinner in a dock, let's say for um, Black History Month, mm -hmm. we want to do a documentary that highlights someone of color or maybe the struggle, but we also, what I like to also include is the posters that the Smithsonian has. So that way it ties in a bit more, you get more information on the subject matter. And it's just kind of a way of being able to get a little part of the Smithsonian if you don't get the chance to go to Washington, D.C. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love seeing those images when they come in. And I'm going to kind of ask you more about another program. And those are the story walks that you did in the past couple of years. Can you tell me more about those? So the storied walks, for me, I love nature and I love um, stories. And what a way to incorporate it by, you know, taking those stories and putting them outside of nature. So basically, it's short stories that I do. I do a slideshow, basically. I'll have the stories um, printed out on pieces of paper, and then chronologically, I will put them all over the library mm -hmm. so that people can read and walk all at the same time. Doesn't always work well when it decides to rain, right? but we mm -hmm. accommodate by um, having it inside the library. You know, once again, it's one of those things where 
you are working your brain and you're working your body. So you are just really taking care of yourself in a fun way also. I'm not mm-hmm. the type of person that likes exercising, nor do I really have the time to exercise sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an easy way of getting your steps in there. Also just a family program because for the most part, these stories are family programs. Mm-hmm. But not only that, I should say, I always try to incorporate some type of element to the stories. For example, we did a story on the gingerbread man. And so it talks about the chef. So I made a chef's hat hat mm-hmm. because I want to also give, it's not just about reading the story. I want to give a visual to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it a picture sometimes it's a 3d visual mm-hmm. um which is great because if you're the type of person that wants to touch stuff like yeah. i do mm-hmm. um or just visual like i am then it's just a different element i think you know sometimes kids can be turned off by a lot of words mm-hmm. and this is why picture books are so great so I try to incorporate that for all levels. Yeah, and it makes it more immersive. I remember one of the mm-hmm. stories that we had inside, and it was like there was a, a necklace yes, or something, and there was like some of the jewelry. It was just kind of nice that you're reading the story, and then you have this little immersive piece. Like it kind of draws you in just a little bit more. And the other thing I liked about the story walks is it's like taking a, a break. You're still enjoying a story, but it's also kind of like a mental downtime. Like you're not mm-hmm. rush, rush, rush. Give me this 10 minutes to walk around, enjoy a story. I'm still getting exercise. I'm still being immersed in the story. So I really love the story walks and, and look forward to their returning. Thank you. And I also think, you know, my hope also is that for the reluctant reader, it is perhaps a way to draw them in mm-hmm. by giving them more than just, you know, I love books. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, some people, you know, have a hard time with books. They want, they're very active. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I find myself sometimes being very active. As, as a kid, I was not a big reader because I could never really stay still. Mm-hmm. So I'd read like one or two pages and then I'd just wander off. Right. So I, I'm hoping that that will bring some of the reluctant readers. Yeah, it's a, it's a great program. So when those return, look for them uh, at the library. Any other unsung programs? They're not reoccurring programs, but I think that we've had a couple of programs that for me, I really stand out mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed. The great thing about the virtual programming was that I was able to bring in a lot of resources from different parts of the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was also able to bring a lot of archivists that maybe people are not able to go into the archives mm-hmm. as much. So one of the presenters that I had was from the Nettie Benson Library at UT Austin. And rather than have to travel to Austin, you could have just heard Mm -hmm. the presentation through the comfort of your house. And it's a nice preview, too. So you sort of know what you're going to find there. And it's, oh, I really want to see more. I guess this is worth the journey of going. Yes. The other one was the Harry Ransom Center, Mm -hmm. also at UT. I'd like to have them out again, Mm -hmm. because they've got some wonderful programming that they were planning. Mm -hmm. I've had people from Rice University, I've had people from the University of Houston, and yes, they're local, but once again, as mentioned, they're archives, and with archives and special collections, it's usually harder to have access to these materials because of just the mere fact that they're 
treasures. They're one of a kind. Yeah, and difficult mm-hmm. to get to just timing-wise, too, sometimes. I mean, it's, it could be, I mean, as a parent, I find those things fascinating. But taking my children to that is probably not the best idea. <laughs> I, I really love the DJ Screw Archives because I knew a lot about the you know history of new wave and punk music in Houston, but I didn't really know about the rap and hip-hop side of Houston music. And that was a wonderful program. I really enjoyed that. No, and the thing also is, you know, there's so much to be discovered out mm-hmm. there, and that is... The purpose of my programming. I want to highlight our community and I want to highlight the treasures that maybe people are not aware of. Mm-hmm. But also, I hope, you know, with the virtual thing also, I, I hope that people outside of Houston are right. able to take mm-hmm. advantage of the situation because you may not be able to travel to Austin, but someone in Austin may not be able to travel to Houston to mm-hmm. see the rice archives. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I really kind of want to incorporate more. I want to incorporate outside sources. Another one that I really enjoyed was I was able to have a professor from the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, and she talked about the Underground Railroad being in the south right, yeah. of Texas. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you don't hear in the history books. You always associate it with the North. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great piece of history, and quite mm-hmm. honestly, it was great of her to do it because, she, you know, she's had interviews with the BBC, mm-hmm. and this is really taking off. So that was another one, and having been born in the Valley, raised in the Valley, I assure you that six-hour drive is not the funnest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, that was another program, and I hope to have her back at the library in person sometime in the future because she just did a really great job. And once again, it's one of those things where I never knew as a Texan, as a Texan, I never knew this. And quite honestly, like, I think that this kind of just, this discovery just kind of came about accidental. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's getting a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of nice to be able to bring it to the forefront before it blows up into everybody Mm -hmm. knowing. Right. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I take take pride in that program, which I have to say I would not have known about had it not been for my sister reading a newspaper (laughs) Mm -hmm. about it (laughs) and telling me, I think this would be a great program. So... Thanks to my sister. <laughs> well, and, and to the newspaper, too. I mean, that's another thing. A lot of people, to kind of poorly segue here, we carry newspapers here. So even yes. if you don't want to get a subscription at home, you never know what you're going to find in the newspaper, like a source for a great new program which mm-hmm. or learning about history or something that's happened locally. Also, um, with that said, I want our customers and patrons to know that they're always free to give us suggestions when it comes to programming. Mm -hmm. I can't promise that I'm going to be able to come through because, you know, some of the suggestions may just be kind of hard, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, I'd like to get a Smithsonian curator to talk about 
that might be difficult, but I love people who give me ideas. So if you guys have any ideas for me, like I said, I am willing to try to make a program out of any of the ideas that you guys have, as long as they're appropriate, obviously, <laughs> and um, reasonable. And it always might get another idea cooking, even if we can't mm -hmm. do that one. It might yeah. be something similar to it. One of my, you know, when people think of teen programs, they think of all our big programs like Haunted Library or, you know, Anime Club, Book Club. One of the unsung heroes that we're bringing back after a long hiatus is we used to do Adulting for Teens, which is basically a series of programs that talk about real life things like money management, car care, you know, different things that you're going to need to go into your adult life. And since the term adulting is kind of no longer in fashion anymore, I'm changing it to level up your life skills. So I'm working on either launching it this summer or launching it in the fall, kind of depending on what's going on with our construction and everything. It's going to be a combination of live programs and short videos. I've also had a lot of people approach me and says, I'm an adult and I want to know this information because especially our financial literacy, we talk about difference between banks and credit unions, IRAs, different things like that. And so I'm going to do some short kind of digestible quick videos and also do, you know, live programs for more deep dive into topics. So that will be coming soon. I think Sounds that's good. a great program because quite honestly, um, when I went to college, I, I moved away from my parents who I was so used to them kind of taking care of everything mm -hmm. of that. I, thankfully, my parents did a good job of preparing me for the most part. Mm -hmm. But I have to mention, I had a roommate who um, used her credit card all the time uh, to go shopping weekly at the mall. Mm -hmm. Wow. And her parents just kind of cut her off and expect her to, expected her to pay that debt. And she would always, always be like, hey, let's go to the mall. And I'm like, I can't go to the mall, you oh, yeah. know? My mom made real, my parents made sure that I knew that that credit card was primarily for emergencies. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I mean, she learned a very tough lesson because she incurred a lot of debt on top of the fact that you're a college student, so you're already going to incur oh, yeah. debt. Yeah. So I think that's just a blessing to teens and yeah. probably a blessing to like parents too. Yeah. Well, and you know, I always like to talk about the joys and horror of compound interest because you can go out and have a fun, you know, date night and it costs $50. But if you don't pay that credit card bill, that $50 can cost you $500 in the long run. And was it really worth $500 to go out and see a movie and dinner? So we like to talk about that and talk about the joy of compound interest. When you save money, your money makes money for you. So there's a lot of things that I wasn't taught in school. I mean, we were taught the very basics. We at least had a life skills class that taught us, you know, very basic things. But, you know, as an adult, I was like, what's an IRA? And I actually had a teen approach me one time because he had a job and he quit and then didn't get his last paycheck. And it was from a major corporation, so it wasn't like it was a mom and pop shop. And they kept putting him off and putting him off and saying, oh, we'll get your check next week, next week. And so I gave him the information to go to the Attorney General of Texas, the WorkSource site, and, you know, file a claim saying, I haven't gotten paid. And I have to say, like, I never got that class. Yeah. I never got they that They don't class, do it anymore. Um, yeah, education has greatly changed from what they, t I mean, I don't even think they do cursive anymore. No. Um, 
kind of maybe, but it, it's not a primary <laughs> no, it's thing. Not. Um, so yeah, when you told me about right now, I was like, I'm kind of jealous. Like, <laughs> where was my class on that? Yes. And so I, I want to do some like short, like digestible videos for adults that want to get this information also, because it's one of those things that they don't teach you. And that you really need to know so that you don't end up bouncing checks and getting in trouble. Or, you know, like I said, your employer doesn't pay you. They have to pay you even if you quit. They have to pay you for your hours worked. And if people don't know that, they literally, he told me, oh, I don't have any recourse. I'm like, oh, yes, you do. So thank you guys for joining me. It was great to hear about past programming and future programming and some of our lesser known, our, not our big stars, but absolutely worth attending and look to our events calendar and social media as all these programs and many others come your way. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Coffee. Did you know that one of the resources we have had at Harris County is a database called Chilton's Library. Now, if you've been a library user for a long time, you may remember that we used to carry several large books in our nonfiction area that were all auto repair manuals. All of that has moved to digital and it's available through the Chilton Library where you can access automotive engine repair. Chilton Library also includes some test preparation quizzes for the Del Mar ASE Technician Test. So not only can you perhaps look at the schematics of your latest car purchase, but if you are interested in becoming a technician in automotive repair, you can get some practice on the tests through Chilton Library. The library also has a video library and a very good help section on how to use the resource. Now you access the Chilton Library through our website. You'll want to go to hcpl.net. You're going to click on Research and Learn, and from Research and Learn, you'll see a list of databases. On the left-hand side, there are subjects, and Automotive is right at the top. If you select that filter, Chilton Library is the very first one you'll find. Right beneath that, is small engine repair. If you've got a motorcycle or maybe a lawnmower that isn't working quite the way you think it should, you might want to check out the Small Engine Repair Reference Center. For this month of February, we have some wonderful programs coming up. On February 11th at 4 p.m., it's Random Acts of Kindness. Join us as we honor Random Acts of Kindness Week with this family program. We'll be showing kindness to the earth by planting flowers and painting kindness rocks. Show kindness to yourself or another by writing a postcard of encouragement. The current limitations on our meeting room space has this program nearly booked, so keep an eye out on our events calendar if we are able to increase space before the program day. February 15th at 4 p.m., it's Lego Club. That's right, one of our favorite programs, Lego Club, has returned. Are you ready for your Lego mission? Create a masterpiece and then share what you've made with others. This is for ages 4 to 12, and we do ask that you register online to join in the fun. Masks are suggested. Don't have a mask? We will have masks available at the door. 
That's Lego Club, February 15th at 4 p.m. for ages 4 to 12. Teens, it's time for Art Jam, February 17th, 4.30. Do you need some time to work on your art? Want to meet other teen artists? Hang out and create something wonderful. This program is for teens in middle and high school. It will be in person and social distancing is requested. On February 10th, 10.30 a.m. online, it's the third in our Grow with Google Job Seeker series. Power your job search with Google tools. Grow with Google speaker Maria Elena Duran will show you how to discover new job opportunities using Google search and learn how to organize and enhance your job search experience using Google Workspace tools. In this session, they'll discuss best practices for discovering career opportunities using job search, using Google Sheets to track the progress of job applications, creating a resume using Google Docs. So to register for this online workshop, go to our events calendar online or the podcast episode information for the registration link. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to make sure you always know when the next episode airs and share with others who may enjoy learning about the treasures found at their local library. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Copy. Find information on media used and resources mentioned on our podcast webpage. This podcast is produced by the staff of Atascacita Branch Library, a part of the Harris County Public Library System. Funds for the podcast are provided by a grant from Best Buy through the Friends of Atascacita Library. Find out more about this 501c3 organization at fol.ws. That's F-O-A-L dot W-S.